Alright, welcome back to another episode and another season of the Duke Basketball Junkies. This is sort of our official first first episode of the season. Uh, it has been a long summer of uh, non-Duke basketball. Although, you know, a decent amount of Duke basketball news here and there. We, uh, Peter and I, have, you know, took a lot of time to ourselves to live our lives this summer. But we are back in full force. We are super excited about the season. Uh, if you listened to our last episode, you heard us talk about the, the kind of the tour and how excited we were about the freshmen, especially me. And um, Pete, welcome back. Welcome back to the office. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's good to see I'm you. I'm actually getting pretty excited about the season. Uh, you should be excited about this season. The hype is for real. The hype is for real. <clears throat> um, setting the table for this episode, Peter and I, um, you know, I, I set out a challenge for Peter. We talked about where these new crop of freshmen might fit in historically all-time Duke freshmen in the last episode. So I, I threw I tried, down. I tried to convince you as a misguided exercise. Yeah, Pete was had his doubts, but I asked him to come up with. His list of the best 15 freshmen. Seasons? Uh, seasons, oh, players, uh, sort of however you want to judge it. Hmm. Of okay. all time, Duke, starting in 1990, essentially. Starting with Bobby Hurley. Since that is when your Duke fandom began? Uh, I just figured, I don't know, in my mind, what, what Bobby made, Hurley... That line? That line of demarcation right there. For me, Bobby Hurley... Because going back that far actually made it very interesting to see yeah. the implementation of freshmen in Coach K teams. Yeah, for sure. It was different then. You know, certainly different. Uh, you know, the landscape was different. The way you know minutes were distributed to freshmen was different. But Bobby Hurley... There were a few years where... Are you going to let me finish minutes, my sentence? Minutes, <laughs> minutes weren't even recorded. I mean, it was like the pre... <laughs> Pre-Mesozoic age. This this season on Duke Basketball Junkies, Peter Peter's revenge. I never let him finish the sentence. He's gonna get me. Uh, yeah, minute. It was it was harder to crack the lineup for sure. No, 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 no. I mean, they actually didn't record the minutes played. So, like for for certain people, like Chris Carrawell, I had no idea how many minutes he played. Well, yeah, the the, the data is is inconsistent. Yeah. On, on some fronts, you know, if you go back far enough, they don't they don't keep blocks as a as a. Yeah, it's certain, funny because they certain have certain minutes for other players. Yeah, I mean, on it's the a same team. it's a valid reason to sort of limit the exercise to our era. And we showed up in 1994 yeah. with a freshman class of Trajan Langdon, Ricky Price, and Steve Wojciechowski. But I think we both watched college basketball as high school students, uh, and that included yeah. those great great Duke teams. The tricky thing really is that freshmen didn't have as big a roles then. Uh, and I thought in my memory that Bobby Hurley had been like sort of the archetypical freshman, you know, freshman point guard. And I thought he was going to make my list. And that's why I said, he was let's, terrible. let's start with Bobby Hurley. He's terrible. And yeah, his numbers and you know my memory, my recollection of what he was able to accomplish as a freshman was different than when I actually looked back. And of course now my, my memory is... Re- Refreshed. I remember he had a real hard time as a freshman, and Leitner, you know, the stories about what Leitner sort of verbally abusing him, uh, Come on, being mean to him, uh, uh... you know, it makes more sense now. Uh, so we're starting with Bobby Hurley, but Bobby Hurley did not make my list. Okay. Uh, well, first, wh- why don't we discuss like. Um... 
Oh, and by the way, we're going to talk about the Virginia Union game in the second part of the podcast when we if, if talk guys, about if where... You guys make it that far. Yeah, and you know, fast forward to 46 minutes in after we get through this, and that's just a guess. Uh, you know, who knows how long we'll go tonight. Right. But, uh... I mean, you, you asked me to come up with the 15 best freshman seasons. 15 best freshman... Players? No. Players at okay. Duke, yeah. Then I asked you what is best, and you said, well, you can define what's best. So what I did was... I went back and, like I typically do, I just look at all their stats. Points scored, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, three-point shooting percentage, and free throw percentage. And then I tried to fact, I tried to suspend disbelief because a lot of these iconic Duke players, they didn't play as freshmen. The, the four-year players, the captains, they didn't play. So we can just scrap out their freshman year unless I misunderstood the assignment that you came up with. Freshman, yeah, freshman at Duke. They're that best, year, I mean, so, why, so we, why, why, why are you breaking this down so making it complicated? Who are the best freshmen on the Duke team for, since then? You know, who well, are the best fifteen and as NBA players or the no, Duke no, 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 or, or that particular one year segment? That one year, okay, yeah. Does that is that not what you that you that did? is that is what I did? Okay, so I looked at their stats. Yeah, I tried to. I tried to figure out if they were one of the top one or two or maybe third best player on the on the squad. If they were like the fourth best option, like Gary Trent's numbers are actually pretty good. They would try they would trump like say Grand Hills or anybody else's their freshman year. But because he was such a like the fourth option on last year's squad, I mean he had he has no shot of making the the list. Well, guess what? Last year's team historically yeah, in I'm, perspective wasn't that good, and I, I think that he, team was very good. Well, it was pretty good, but it wasn't that good. And like Jason Williams was a freshman, he led the team to a to a, a sick record. They won the reg, regular season; they were fifteen and one in conference. They won the ACC tournament, and you know Jason Williams, Carlos Boozer, and Mike Dunleavy were heavily featured as freshmen. Yeah, I give them credit for being part of a of a, of a championship level team. You know, even though they didn't win the NCAA tournament, they they accomplished. They lost in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, but they 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 won. Last year's squad won the. They hung two banners. Game. They hung two banners. Right. So and I don't mean I, I you guess, measure yeah. success differently. Yeah, I, but to me, winning matters. Right. Playing right, winning basketball. That that's part of me. What I, how I evaluate I guys guess, on being a really good player. It's not stats. Right. Stats are important too, of course. You know. Otherwise, you would never know that Bobby Hurley shot thirty-five <laughs> percent from the field his uh, freshman year. But yeah, and I, turned the I ball over to, four and a half of, times a game. I had to sort of suspend how I view these guys in their as a in terms of a collective memory, like their entirety of their Duke careers. I, I think and their NBA careers. Yeah. Like I just I tried to look at simply their freshman year. That's what I did. NBA career certainly is not relevant to this discussion, right. except. When you're looking at two guys and you're wondering how who was better, and like you look at what they did the following year in the NBA, and you're like, you know what, that guy was better, and I'm I'm remembering him wrong. I think actual memory, like your our own biased recollection, counts. I you know, but yeah. we have to be skeptical about it. I think the stats Win. count. I think winning counts, and there's a, I have another factor. If you were putting together just a a squad, yeah, you know, and you only have these guys as freshmen, as fr- okay, how would you like them on your team? Would you like this guy on your okay. team more than that guy? That kind of thing. So I think we did approach it in the same way. We looked at simply their freshman year. 
how they were their freshman year. Yes, as players and from every perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can't however, say yeah. we can't say. Oh, Chris Carroll was ACC Player of the Year his senior year. Doesn't Therefore, matter. his freshman year should have should count for something. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Okay. Doesn't matter. All right. Okay, so figure uh, my list is sort of broken into a top half and a bottom half. Okay. Right, and then I got some honorable mentions. And for me, I got a couple guys that are off only because of injury that would have been in the top, top, top tier for sure. Okay. Um, so why don't, why don't we go through the, why don't we go through the bottom half first? Or actually the honor, should we go to the honorable mentions? Sure. How, do you, how do you want to do it? Sure. Okay. The, the toughest leave-offs for me, uh, I guess I'll start with it because the Elton Brand and Kyrie Irving, both number one or number two picks. Was Elton Brand number one overall pick in the NBA? Yes. After his sophomore year, Kyrie was number one overall. After his freshman year, Kyrie only played 11 games. Something like that. Uh, and he was hampered by a foot injury. Even like He came back. He, he wasn't sort of in shape or in practice, and he came back and played the, the postseason. Uh, so he only played the first few games of the year, and he was clearly, like, head and shoulders, easily in the top tier of my guys if he had played that whole season. Uh, but because he only played 11 games, I just left him off my list. The other guy was a harder leave-off, Elton Brand, who played 21 games, but only the first 21 games of his freshman year before... He, too, I think, broke his foot. Uh, <clears throat> he broke a bone in his foot. Yeah, and then he, he sat out the rest of the year. He came back super strong as a sophomore. That's actually not true. It's not true? He came back. He came back during the year? Yes, for the UNC game at home, I think. Which oh, that I'm does sound pretty right. pretty sure you were there. I think I was. You were, yeah. I think you're, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, I guess I don't Maybe you can you can recollect me. Uh, refresh my memory. I should. I just saw the 21 games played, and I kind of remembered that he was out half That's the year. That's how important he was to the team. That's why he made my list. He was super, super good as a freshman. He was borderline unstoppable in the post then. And surprisingly good on defense as a, as a rim protector at his height. He was not the most heralded of those freshmen to come in. But um, tell me about Elton Brand because he makes your list and I left him off mine. And it sounds like I shouldn't have. He. It's okay, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of yeah many mistakes you probably made on your list. I'm very fallible. <laughs> uh, so you want to talk about the people that just missed the list right now? I, I wanted to talk about those guys first. I are left you, them you, off. Are you going to rearrange your list while I talk? Well, if I can do it, I, I'll st- <laughs> I should stick out and brand in. But, I, but I'll, I'll leave him off just because he only played 21 games. That's about half a college basketball season. And he, he scored 13 points a game with seven boards. And sort of like one on all the other categories like blocks and steals and shot fifty nine percent from the floor and was he was dominant. I acknowledge his dominance. Yeah. But I'll give I him just, the I, just, I just remember the importance. Yeah. He was he was uh must have played the first ten and the last ten. I wanna say like may with the possible exception of uh Rashawn McLeod, I, I feel like Elton Brand was the most important player on that squad. So I mean for me that catapults you up. And it was a talented squad. Yeah, it was a talented squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he he comes in at number eleven for me. Okay, okay, uh, and he was very effective, and uh, he he also Kyrie. Yeah, you high put, on my list. Oh, you put Kyrie on your list. Kyrie's number four on my list. 
That doesn't even make sense to me. I mean, he played 11 games, but you're just going to take the average, how good he was what, for what those 11 games. What did he do in the 11 games? He put up numbers that have never been seen before. Have you... you so, a, a few things uh, stood out to me. One, all these like ridiculously great players, John Shire, J.J. Redick, Bobby Hurley, Tyus Jones. When we go back, did you also look at their stats and like, oh, this guy only shot 40%, 41%, 42%. Did that jump out at you a little bit. Which guy? All those guys. Do you want to talk about each one? How do I talk no, about no, Miles? I, I, I guess what I'm saying is Talk Kyrie. about Kyrie because that's, that's what we're talking about. And I'm juxtaposing yeah. him with all these great point yeah. guards who shot 40, 41, 42 percent. Kyrie shot 53 percent from the field. 53 percent. 46 percent from three and 90 percent from the free throw line. Yeah, he despite was being out, hampered by an injury. Dishing out dimes. Um, I, and I just remember him playing like uh, Mason Plumlee was just getting multiple alley-oops every game. He was feeding our bigs. He was running up offense. He, it was just ridiculous. I, mean, I remember seeing him thinking, this guy's the most transcendent player we've ever seen. And He was fantastic. Yeah. We didn't get to really see him that much. He, and he averaged 17 and 4 assists a game. So, like, yeah. I mean, I don't think his numbers are that incredible. I well, mean, his well, percentages he, he, are fantastic. Oh, okay. He's super efficient. He, he did he and, did get hurt before regular season play started, so I feel like was, a lot of those games were cupcake games, <clears> and <throat> if he would log way more minutes in the regular season. so Yeah, I mean, obviously he's gone on to prove that he's the best point guard we've ever had come walk through the door. Yeah, I mean, know, it, was the, just, it was just yeah. like a, um, an effort. That's, I'm gonna stick him in there. He's just he's transcendent. That's fine. I mean, I, I you, you're allowed to do that. It's your list. It's cool. Yeah. You know, and so I get why he's in your top five, and I'm sure you understand why I just left him off my list. So, uh, <clears throat> those two guys make your list. Don't make mine. Yeah. Uh, and you know they belong in the argument for sure. And they that's why they got just got huge asterisks on my list. Yeah. Um, I I also feel like Kyrie is a very important figure for the Coach K program because it's post-Kyrie where this truly great freshman come in and mm-hmm. they can be the alpha ball dominant. The, this freshman is going to lead our team. Whereas pre, it was way more freshmen came in, they became integrated. And when we went all the way back to Hurley, it was more like, oh, these guys never played. I mean, we could skip over multiple uh, years because there were no impact freshmen. And even, well, even the guys who had their jerseys re- retired... They really had very minimal impact as freshmen. Well, not Jason Williams. <clears throat> yeah, Jason Williams Correct. was the lead guard. The you know scored fourteen six and had yeah and you and know pa- and part of it is just timing. Shot, he do, shot well yeah, as well. Do and, do you come in when yeah. when the coverage men clear cleared out? Yeah, I don't think Kyrie like set a new precedent when Jason Williams had already kind of set that precedent. Like he came in and the ball was his and he was the the lead. I mean, I know. Carwell and Battier were on that team as well when, when Jason yeah. Williams was a freshman, and there was like a triumvirate of like uh, scorers. But Jason Williams had the ball in his hands the most. You know, yeah. he was the that was a yeah very good year. And after that, they brought in a couple of freshmen who were who don't make our list who were disappointments, like as Greg freshmen. Paulus. Greg Paulus, Demarcus Nelson. Uh, Demarcus Nelson came in. Very minimal. Was, he was the yeah, all-time was, leading scorer in California, high school basketball yeah. history. 3,800 points, <clears throat> comes in, barely plays. So, they, you know, when they came in, they were supposed to be great, too. And you know, So not every big prospect comes in and, and does it, right? 
So Kyrie deserves credit for being who he was supposed to be, and he just he just gets left off my list because of the injury. Yeah, um, totally understandable. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's. Do you have a top half and a bottom half? Can you sort yours into sort yeah. of halves? Why Draw the line. Why don't we go top five? Okay. Uh, With that, without any explanation, my top five is. Well, let, let's number leave. one. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you're, you're gonna we'll, stop. We'll go from the go top ahead. down. Stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, okay. I just sort of mine into half. So I'll tell you whether you're I'll, these guys I'll go, made I'll go my top, top seven. Yeah, let's go through your seven. list. Okay. And I'll tell you if they're my top half, top bottom. Number one, Bagley. Here. Number one is Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Make the case. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm not going to explain anything. Okay. Number two, Jabari Parker. Okay. Number three, Jaleel Okafor. Number four, Kyrie Irving. Number five, Brandon Ingram. Number six, Jason Tatum. Number seven, Jason Williams. Number eight, Luol Deng. That's a good cutoff point, Luol Deng. Eight. Okay. All right, and you're including Kyrie. I have a cutoff point in my top seven as well. Uh, so all these guys were either number one or number two on the, on the squad in terms of importance, and the team relied on these guys to, to be the leaders to be the guys. Yeah, I mean, you have you have great players in your list. They're, they have no, no doubt. But a couple of those guys I don't think of as winners in terms of versus yeah. other Duke greats. Right. You know, so Jabari and Marvin Bagley, I, I left both those off my top seven, despite their very... Good counting numbers. Uh, so Jabari has. Despite, despite let's their, talk about their numbers. Despite quick. their ridiculous freshman numbers that were not yeah. replicated by any previous freshman. Yeah, Jabari had nine average Jabari's nineteen. Rid- Jabari's ridiculous. Let's just let me get the stats out for sure. each player as we as we go through them. Okay. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, the theme of the season you. is going to be interrupting Mike because I deserve it. Uh, Jabari had nineteen and nine as an average, nineteen and nine rebounds, and. Had that one assist, one steal, one block number. So he wasn't like a defensive zero like he is in the NBA, right? You know, and that's partly due to injury. And he shot 47% from the field, 36% from three, which is not excellent, but it's certainly decent, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not bad. And um, that team, he, he teamed with Rodney Hood. Right. And they were a good team. They were a good team. They defense. Defense was an issue for that team. Right. Jabari was part of that. Right. And he ended up leaving me like wanting more. Yeah. As sure. as a leader. Right. Or just he was clearly a super talent. And he was drafted in the top three. Uh, you know, along with Andrew Wiggins and Embiid. I think he went uh, number two in the draft. Okay. Uh, after his freshman year. He's a lot of arguments around how good he was and still there still are arguments. So him and Bagley, don't you make know, your top list. Bagley doesn't make okay. my top my top right. list, but they they headline the next the yeah. second half because their numbers are so strong. Right. So they're the next guys, and they should be in the top list. Both okay. Jabari and Bagley should be in the top list if if they played defense. Now, Parker has a better I think argument, even though Bagley was the T Rex and put up unprecedented numbers as a freshman in terms of points and rebounds. He had some sick, sick games last year. But as a leader, as a member of a team that didn't really come together the way they could have, mm-hmm. you know, I just felt like he was he was uh, in, in large part responsible 
for a lot of their defensive problems last year. For only getting to the lead eight and only winning 29, 30 games. Yeah, I think they underachieved. And, and it's not and, it's not and, to do with the yeah. tournament result because okay. it's the way they played all season. It's there okay. were some great games and there were just yeah. real stinkers and but I just so, so none of these guys so in my top so seven. Your, your top yeah. five, you're claiming, exhibited much better leadership than Marvin Bagley when they played their freshman year. These guys played basketball better than. Than, than, Bagley, the 21, than Bagley, guy, than the twenty-one eleven guy. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I no, just, Bagley, his his numbers real quick to get to pay homage because he deserves credit, right? Yeah. Bagley had twenty-one and eleven, shot sixty-one percent from the field, and somehow he shot thirty-nine percent from three, and he too he got really hot at the end from three. Yeah. He got lucky, just like Justice Winslow from three. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe got unlucky early. I mean, we don't know. But, you know, I just think in terms of... I think of a season as as successful in certain ways. And one of the ways... I just viewed last season as unsuccessful, ultimately. Not because of their tournament placing. And, of course, if they redeemed themselves and won the national championship, I'd feel different, right? <laughs> but but they didn't They didn't really win anything. They, they didn't compete for the ACC regular season title. They didn't... They didn't win the ACC championship in the tournament. Right. They they started off really hot, really good, really, yeah. and yeah. ultimately they were a, a collection of talent that that didn't come together. And I actually have Wendell Carter in my top group because okay. I think Wendell Carter was a better basketball player for the team last year. Yeah. And more important than Bagley, I actually think. And here's my hot take: If Bagley didn't come to Duke. If Bagley, the last two commits last year were Bagley and Duval. Okay. If neither of them committed to Duke and we had neither on the roster, I think the team would have done better. I think it would have been a better are, are, season. Are you, are you saying that if Frank Jackson had stayed a year, or like who, who would have run the point? Whoever. Whoever would have run the point. Uh, could have been Grayson? Jordan Goldwire. Grayson? Could have been Grayson. Could have been, uh, you know... Uh, Okay, I mean that's right? that, that's yeah. uh, that's interesting. I I, w- I tend to disagree. Um, I, I think you're being excessively harsh on Bagley and last year's team, which I think was actually very successful, given that they're almost exclusively freshmen and they have so so little time to gel and play together. Um, Jabari, yeah, they lost to Mercer in the first first round game, but I, for me that doesn't take away that much from the season. It's like saying Virginia last year when they lost to whoever, UMD or whatever, as a one sixteen game. Yeah, that season was terrible and, and uh I mean teams lose. Defense wins championships. Okay. Defense is half the game. Okay. You know, and right. we have a tendency to recruit super talented offensive players that, that don't do it on the defensive end. Okay. And so I'm gonna penalize them on lists of best freshmen ever because to me, it's about winning basketball, and you know that that Jabari Parker led team. They were really poor on defense, and all year they lost games they shouldn't have. You know they didn't lose that many games, okay. but they also the games were close. Like they should have been better. Right. And so I'm penalizing Parker. But He's still on my yeah, list. You're, you're putting it on you know. Parker. You know yeah. he played with Rodney Hood. Who else was on the team? I think it was Quinn Cook. 
Uh, Younger Quinn Cook. And no, it was a junior year Quinn Cook, I believe, because next year Quinn as a oh, senior won it all. So I, I feel like you're playing. So Emil, Emil, and, Emil was on the team. Okay, yeah. Matt Jones was on the team. As a freshman, I don't think he played. Okay, but Matt Jones played some minutes as a freshman. He did. I mean, he was. I remember thinking of him then as more of just like a three point shooter. Um, he had a silky smooth shot, right? But. No, no, he did not have a silky smooth shot. I thought he did. Yeah, I, he I mean, did. mechanically, it was yeah. it was unorthodox, and I think it was his sophomore year where he shot very well from three. Was Andre but, Dawkins on that team as a um, senior? I, I, I guess I can't really remember, but I feel like yeah. um, is winning part of the equation. Yes, but I feel like you're you're valuing it too much for freshmen. So the very next year, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, and Okafor come in. Okafor is the only guy who makes my list. And they play with the same set of players, essentially, that that uh, Jabari Parker and uh, Rodney Hood play with. And look how much better that team was. I, um, I, I disagree that you can just stick in Jaleel, Tyson, and Justin. Justice and say, hey, look at how they did with with who with Matt and Emil. Uh, no, the guys were a year older. Matt yeah, guys were real, year and a junior Emil and a senior Quinn versus uh, Jabari. I mean, I think we're getting bogged down a little bit on this, but yeah, I, I just I've, did Jabari Parker make anyone around him better? You know, as a team basketball player, did Marvin Bagley make guys around him better, or did he contribute okay. to a culture well, that, okay. that that made them play did, worse. That's one way to phrase it. I was yeah. I would ask you, did they make the team better? And the answer is unequivocally yes. I disagree. I, I think you take Bagley off last year's team yeah. and they're they potentially have a better result for the season. Or at least do, do nearly as good or as team. good. Yeah. Well, what about the twenty fourteen team? How what would the team be like without Jabari Parker? I'd love to add Jabari Parker or Bagley to some other rosters that could have used their firepower. Right, so it is dependent on the makeup of the roster, but okay. but you know, I mean, so okay, so listen, I I went. So that's why Wendell Carter's on my list. Okay, I, I went Bagley, Jabari, Jaleel, Kyrie, Brandon Ingram. What's your top five? Just so I, I can get a feel for what my, you value. My top seven, and you you number one. What's number one? I don't I don't have these ordered, just I have a top seven, right? Okay. Just like you gave me a top seven to give me my minority in order. Okay. In no particular order. I also have Jason Williams in my top tier. I also have Brandon Ingram in my top tier. I also have Jaleel Okafor in my top tier. Uh I also have Jason Tatum. Did you say Jason Tatum? Tatum was six, yes. Yeah, in my top tier. And I also have Luol Dang in my top tier. Uh, I don't have Bagley, I don't have Jabari Parker, and in their place, I have two winners, Jaleel Okafor and Tyus Jones. Those two guys are winners? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, different philosophy. Obviously, Bagley and Parker scored more points. Wait, you already, I said Okafor. I meant Tyus Jones and Wendell Carter. You had Okafor in your top top two. Wendell Carter's a winner. Wendell Carter, to me... (laughs) Yeah. Was the only guy out of the, the freshman class last year that played two ways like a winner on both ends of the court. Yeah. So, you know, that that's me. That's my subjective judgment. Okay. Right? And you, you know, it I, I, might I, look I, like I a laughable argument. Yeah. But the truth is he was just as efficient, perhaps a little more efficient from three-pointer 
than Bagley. He shot 56% from the field. He showed he showed out really well when Bagley was out. Mm, he no, blocked no. I shots. Think, I think we had a he was a rim he was a rim protector where yeah. Bagley wasn't. Okay. And to me he was he was the glue last year and everybody else was was just melting in terms of their overall floor game. And you know, so you know, and there's a reason Wendell Carter is starting for the Bulls right away. And Bagley's coming off the bench for the Kings. It's because of team composition. You, yeah. sw- you switch those two, Bagley would be starting for the Bulls, and Wendell would be coming off the bench. Bagley has the higher ceiling, and we talked about this last year. We, yeah. we don't need to get into Bagley versus Carter forever, but my position, you, you, you yeah. two were last year talking about how, is Carter better than okay. Bagley? Right. Right? Yes. I mean, look, I'm a huge fan of Wendell Carter, right? Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, I guess one one of and he's thirteenth on my list, but I think why I ding him a little bit is I go back to the the top top portion of the list. Mm-hmm. These guys were either the best player on the team or the second best player on the team. They yep. were the number one guy, or the number two guy. Wendell, Wendell was Carter the best was guy. Not. He was the best guy on the team last year. Maybe if you ran the squad, but Coach K ran the squad. And he was more the third or fourth option. He wasn't the number one option. He was the Maybe best player the on the option. team. Okay. Yeah, that's how I see it. Okay. He was the best player on the team last year. Well, he's the the best player on the team. Usually gets gets the ball unless you're Anthony Davis. I mean, number one option out of the half court set is not necessarily the best player on the team. You know. But yeah, I mean, best offensive player. But I mean, I get who's, your. Who's I, the best player on the Utah Jazz? Right now. Last year, right now, either way. Donovan Mitchell? Incorrect. It's not even close. The is answer is Rudy Quinn Gobert. Snyder? Quinn Snyder? Quinn Snyder is a great coach. And he's very important. But the best answer, the best player on their team is Rudy Gobert. And, you know, you, you don't follow the NBA like I do. So I'm not going to ding you too hard for that answer. You know, but it's not close. Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player in the NBA. He won player of the... Defensive Player of the Year last year. He might win it again this year. He might have won it the year before he was in the top couple. He, the, his on-off court numbers, their, their defensive rating, I mean, that's how I'm looking at Wendell Carter. You're looking at the guy who puts up the biggest sort of like shot numbers. Yeah. And sc- scoring efficiently is important, but there's two ends of the court, and defense wins championships. Yeah. So... Utah has won a lot of championships. Utah is a winning team because Rudy Gobert. If you, when Rudy Gobert was out, Utah didn't do well last year. He missed like twenty games, twenty five games, and you know. So you're telling me if you disbanded all the NBA teams, everyone becomes a free agent, and there's a draft that GMs would take Rudy Gobert over Donovan Mitchell for. For to, the, to start a franchise. For this season? For this season? Well, I mean, Donovan I'm not Mi- talking about any salary contracts uh, or anything like that. Just, if age isn't a factor, because Donovan well, you, Mitchell you has, to, a, yeah, you have has to factor 12 in. years in front of him, and Rudy Gobert has like another four, four or five years of his prime. Okay, for the next season. Yeah, yeah. How about for the next season? Yeah, Rudy Gobert goes all day in front of Donovan Mitchell. Really? All day. All Look day? At, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is a relatively low percentage shooter. You know? Okay. And... and He's filling a role on that team. Yeah, he creates offense for himself and others. He's a he was a great rookie. He had a great season, but but yeah, I don't think it's close. You know, yeah, I don't think it's close. Okay, I, I don't think my opinion is controversial, and I understand where yours comes from. 
And that that's the argument we're having, essentially, about the Duke players. To me, it's not obvious that Wendell Carter was the best player on last year's team. Like, I think it's obvious Rudy Gobert is the best player on the Jazz. But uh, that was the conclusion I ended up reaching. So that's where we're at. Um, should we go through the other guys that we both agree are in the top list and talk about why they're so great? Or is it just obvious? Okafor? Okafor wins ACC Player of the Year. Okafor was my number three. Yeah. Okafor belongs in the top group. He was, I'm still trying to he was dominant. come to grips with what you just said. About which? Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And I'm sure all the Duke fans listening really care uh, yeah, about I mean, this. We don't have a Utah Jazz podcast, so we probably shouldn't spend 20 minutes arguing about it. But let me let me tell you what Donovan Mitchell's doing this season so far, he's shooting 34% from the field. He has a career field goal percentage of 43%. So it's great that he scored 20 points a game last year. 43 is pretty good for what he does. 43 is okay. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's a bad three-point shooter. You know, he had a, he had a hot run in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook is a terrible three-point shooter. But I think we're really getting off. Yeah. Of, uh, I mean, he's a career 33% three-point shooter. Okay. Which doesn't make it like a negative shot necessarily in the NBA. And he's effective. And I think Donovan Mitchell's going to be a perennial all-star and very good. Don't get me wrong. He's 22 years old. So, and they're paying him rookie scale. So, right. And they have, so he's valuable. I, I think, I think you would, I, I think you would find it very challenging to find somebody who agrees with you that Wendell Carter was the best player on the Duke basketball team last year. Um. Hey, you know what, guys? Write us emails. Tell us who's right, because this is a fundamental difference. I'm curious to hear He's, he's not opinions. even one of the top two most important players. I mean, this prob- is probably is. This is why it's a good thing you're not is. the only person on the podcast, because sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm sure I'm wrong all the time, but that's why I dinged Wendell. And, and again, yeah, yeah. I love Wendell. He's great. He's phenomenal. Should have yeah. been used more last year. Yeah, but he was on a squad where there was Grayson, there was Marvin, there was Gary, there was Trey. And listen, I, I'd like to to mention Gary Trent. I, I actually thought about putting him on the list because he was a good shooter. He averaged fourteen points, but he also was four rebounds. Option on the squad. That's not my factor because Corey Maggette makes my list, <laughs> and Corey Maggette okay. was not even in the not even in the top five factor. Because to me, it's yeah. like, which basketball player would I rather run with? If I'm assembling okay. a team, right. I mean, give me give me Wendell Carter all day. Right. Because Bagley's team is going to have a certain something about it that I don't think is going to be optimal. Okay. And By Wendell, that logic, Wendell, you should have Kyrie. I shouldn't have Kyrie? You should have Kyrie. By that logic. Well, I didn't think Kyrie qualified for the list because he only played 11 games. Okay. Wendell Carter played the whole season. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Corey Maggette. Corey Maggette played the whole season. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into the bottom half of the list in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, Jason Williams makes both of our lists. Right. Do you want to talk about Jason Williams? Sort of a no-brainer, I think. Uh, 14.5 points a game, 4.2 yep. rebounds, 6.5 assists, 2.5 steals. Shot okay, not great, but he just was a jolt of electricity into every game. Um, it's a high flyer, dominant athlete, right? Like floor general, yeah. And the team went 
have a you know was a winning team, like a really good winning team. Yeah. Won the almost ran the table in the ACC. Uh, won the ACC tournament. Yeah. And you know had a disappointing result, and it was a really good team. It was one of my favorite teams. That bad it was the year Battier broke out the 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 trailing three point shot, and it's not a coincidence. It's the year Jason Williams always helped him with that shot. You know, creating that shot, getting down the court first, fast, and people had to respect. He drew two guys' attention. Right. Battier, drew, you know, hits those threes. Same with Carroll. I remember that Battier was the uh, inbounder. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess one of the things for me, uh, going back to my points, Jason Williams for me was seven. Brandon Ingram is five. Again, it goes to the team composition. I mean, Jason Williams had Shane Battier, an all-time Duke great, on the squad. He also had Boozer and Dunleavy, two. Very, very Almost all time great Dukies on the squad. Mm-hmm. Ingram had to come in, and along with Grayson Allen, like those two guys really had to carry the squad. So, those are some of the factors that I put into my list. I, I would mean, put, Ingram was asked to do so much. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So, he was like one of the top, he was either the alpha or the beta. Whereas Jason Williams was beta, but there was a lot of support around him. Yeah, I mean, Battier, I mean, if you're going off your criteria, which is interesting, I never even thought to think, like, how do they rank in terms of being the best player in their team, right? Just importance, yeah. But Battier was a better basketball player that better, season Betty than Jason was, Williams, and so was Carwell, maybe, probably. Battier I mean, was the best basketball player we've ever seen. Yeah, but well, it's interesting because, yeah, it's very interesting to think about it that way. It's not the way I thought about it. I'm just thinking, how good were these guys as freshmen, period? You know, neutral, neutral to, to the thing. Okay. But but their participation in the team mattered to me. Yeah, in everything terms of how matters. they participate. Everything so, matters. So Jason Williams was number seven for me. Number seven. Number six was six was uh, Tatum. Tatum. Tatum, great player. One of the top two players on his on his squad. I thought he was clearly the best player on that team. You know, Grayson yeah. was very good no, too. No, no, no. Grayson was not one. Who are we thinking? Luke Kennard's oh, breakout Luke, year. Luke Kennard. But yeah, Tatum sure. as a, as a in, yeah, Luke had a, most Luke had a better year. He wasn't on, choking on people yeah. <laughs> or, or kicking people or whatever, right? Tripping. Grayson right. didn't choke anybody. Who choked someone? Why, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking choking? about. Where did choking come from? I don't know what you're talking. He about. just choked in the last. But Jason Tatum, yeah, I mean, as as a typical freshman, he had his ups and downs. But by ACC tournament time, he was ridiculous. From game one, I saw Jason Tatum. I was in love. I compared him to Julius Irving. Somehow, it was a weird, misguided comparison. I, I just loved his length and how he like extended towards the rim. I loved that he blocked shots on the perimeter. Yeah. I loved that he had the length he had. The only issue I had with him was he his ball hand, his handle wasn't that tight. Right. Right. And he needed try to do too much. Try to do a little too much. Doing Kobe-esque follow-away long twos, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it took him a while to realize how to tighten up that game. And when he did, by the end of the year, he was real. I mean, he was just phenomenal. He was. He was great. He had, he was great by the end of the year. He played a lot of fantastic games, and um, it's it's sort of ironic that he was trying to do too much because now. Now, like as a pro, he's he's sort of like he was niche, and then like was ready to break out of that shell by the end of last season in the playoffs. This year, he's starting off the season in the NBA, hot, dominant, confident. You know, he was he was always confident at Duke. Yeah, he's really playing well, uh, especially the first game or two. I I didn't see the last game how they did, but um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think Tatum belongs there. I think he was an all-around full-court basketball player, both ends of the court. I loved him on defense at Duke. Not everybody did. I did. Uh, and, you know, I think he's clearly belongs in the top category. Okay. Uh, for sure. You know, I'm with you. Uh, even though his team also didn't didn't kind of get there in the end. But a lot of that was due to injury and, and Grayson's issue. and a lot of, Well, there was just a lot of... It was a weird season, remember? It was like, that was our first season we podcasted, and it was just one weird thing. Yeah. One injury after another, the tripping thing. The, it was just... It was a crazy season. But Tatum... Tatum was the constant once he came back from his injury. And by the way, he was, he was overcoming an injury himself. He didn't really have a full preseason. Sure. Um, so that, that that's sort of an excuse a little bit for why he wasn't maybe as amazing as he could have been. I think he, he could be number one on this list, you know, if he had not ha- if not been injured. Okay. Uh, who's who's next? That was six? Uh, so I had eight as Lou Aldane. No, no, who's, who's, let's who's go seven? through the top, the top five. Top five. Who's fifth again? Five was Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. We didn't really talk about him. You mentioned. Brandon Ingram was... Parallels to Jason Tatum, um, I know people, when he was coming up, they compared him to Kevin Durant. Um, he was very important to the team in terms of scoring. He had that minor little blip midseason where he was really struggling, but by the end of the season, he was fantastic. He had, was a great three-point shooter for his time there. He had a shooting slump early in the year. He ended up with early, very good yeah. shooting numbers, and I also thought he became like a complete alpha dog. And, and took over the team, took over the, like the on-court uh, ball-dominant leadership. And when we were struggling, and that team did struggle to create offense sometimes against good defensive teams, he was the guy that could really create, you know. Uh, and he was very good on defense. Yeah, he was a shot blocker. So he, got, he, made, he got in passing lanes. He had a lot of, you know, a lot of disruptive skills on defense. And uh, I, I I loved him at Duke. I thought he was tremendous. But clearly, uh, the best player on that team was sophomore year Grayson Allen. Grayson was great. That, that I year. mean, that year the two of them were great. That year he had was really not is not seen. You don't you don't see numbers like that. But you don't see scoring like that. But, you don't see efficiency like that. You don't see game winners like that. That. But against the toughest defenses, UVA, that little yeah. falling. Uh, Bucket to, to win it. He had, he just had so many moments in that season. So he was great that year. Yeah. But he wasn't a freshman. <laughs> Correct. And, but yeah, so on that squad I'm saying Brandon Ingham was yeah. t- the clear number two. Uh at least at the beginning of the year. But I do think I do think he was the best basketball player on that team. You know, again. I think he was the best two end both ends of the court basketball player. Yeah, you know, uh, and I think it's important, and we don't usually talk about it when we think about all-time best, but you know, Grayson had to play defense, and he was okay, you know, and Ingram was, uh, <laughs> you know, a force that affected affected the game, you know, when he was on the court versus other guys. Uh, you have above those guys. What do you mean? You want keep going up to the number one? Oh. Because you said it, but you said it fast. Oh, number one's Bagley. Well, no, but who was... Brandon Ingram was not... What number? Ingram's five. Yes. Four is Kyrie. Right. Three is Jaleel. At the time, the only freshman ACC rookie of the year. Or player of the year. ACC player of the year. 
Three is Jaleel. Two is Jabari. <laughs> Jabari. Unbelievable. Okay. Jabari, great basketball player. And great great numbers, for sure. Uh, great basketball player. <laughs> to remind everybody, Okafor had 17 points, 8.5 rebounds a game. He had one and a half blocks a game. He shot 66% from the field. He was the ACC Player of the Year. Won some kind of National Player of the Year honor. And Duke won the National Championship. Disappeared in the in the title game, of course. Uh, That's the, one way to put it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to say it. Because in the tournament, the the Final Four most outstanding player was Tyus. Right. So, which brings me to Tyus being in my top, top, uh, top tier. Not in yours. Tyus where where do you have Tyus? Honorable mention. He has a little asterisk. Tyus doesn't asterisk. doesn't make your list at all. The top fifteen. Not top fifteen, no. So a freshman like Tyus, who got better and better and more and more confident throughout the year, but from the very beginning was a leader. You know, like a real leader, real team player, a great distributor, and I don't remember him missing a shot that season, but apparently he only shot thirty eight percent from three and eighty nine percent from the free throw line. I don't. I don't remember him missing a shot. Forty-two percent from the field. Thirty-eight. Well, from a lot of his shots were threes. Yeah. Right. So, you know, from two, from two is this percentage was like 30, 45 to forty-seven percent. Okay. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, he, you know, he was a good three-point shooter, an excellent free throw shooter. He closed out games really well. He made so many clutch plays, and he was a good good defensive player. And he was uh, okay. now Quinn Cook was had a great year, and I don't know where Tyus falls in your rankings of the best players on that team. Is he the fourth best player? Is that how you thought about it, or the third? Uh, he was. It's hard it's to a, rank good, those it's guys. A good it's question. A, I, mean, really, I mean, you can make the argument he's either the second, third, or fourth, which means he's not in. He's not one of the. You know, I think this is where your logic sort of like eats very, you up a little. He's, he's very, very critical. He's Super critically critical. important to the to the squad. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, he. It's hard I, to separate I don't want, these I don't guys say from each other. Single handedly, but you know, we beat Wisconsin in the title game. We also beat him at Wisconsin, and it was largely due to Tyus Jones not missing a shot down the stretch. So he really beat him twice. He played big against good opponents. It seems in Virginia. UNC, he single-handedly brought us back. Um, but he only but averaged that, 12 points a game. But that team was... was but, who, but who cares? Because was so the other good. guys... That, this is sort of my point. Like, Who yeah. cares that he averaged 12 points a game? Right. Because he made winning plays when it mattered. Because the right thing for him to do wasn't to score a lot of points. Okay. Right? It was to make Okafor successful, help make Okafor successful. Okay. You know, then Quinn l- Cook l- was super l- efficient. Then let me ask year. you a question. Yeah. Why isn't Bobby Hurley on your... On your team. Well, just because Bobby score. Hurley, he, he scored eight points. He turned the ball over four and a half times a game. Tyce Jones had, had a really pretty good, you know, pretty good sort of assist to turnover. Much healthier than, you know, pretty healthy. Well, I don't know. Bobby Hurley actually averaged a lot of assists. So I might be actually saying that out loud and it's wrong. But uh, I don't think Bobby Hurley was as successful a team as, leader as, as, freshman, a, fre- as a freshman. freshman. And... I have a hard time separating Justice. It was hard for me to leave Justice off the top of the list. Yeah. But Justice was a little inconsistent that year. Right. And I ultimately thought... Suffered through a, a mid-season injury, which was uh, sort of uh, under the radar. A little slump. And, but in the tournament, you know, arguably he was our best player in the tournament overall from round one through the end. 
he was dominant for stretches of those tournament games. I think he got lucky from three. I know you think he got lucky, but I know he w- does it matter if he got lucky if he just made like the, the shots went in, right? That's what matters. I mean, is that is that results oriented? <laughs> you know, thinking, but I mean, justice. It's hard to for me to separate so, justice okay. from the other so, guys. So you're saying justice was the best player, maybe in in this tournament run? Well, explain that to me because I, I feel like the reason we won that tournament. To go yeah. back to your point, was the defense became locked down. I mean, ridiculously. Everybody locked down. was great in that tournament. You know, it's hard to it's hard to say like who's responsible, but because that's why a, I'm because saying it's like a team game, and we're trying to. Well, that's what I'm we're saying. Trying to dole out individual accolades. That's in what. A team game. That's why I'm rewarding team success. But like these guys became part of a team right away from the moment they got on campus, and it was a it was a, just a huge success. Yeah. And yeah, I guess if they had lost to Wisconsin, it's. Even if they had lost Wisconsin, it still would have felt like a, a huge success. It was a great team. They played great together. They right. made each other better. Yeah, and look played, at them. They're they, on different teams in the NBA. None of them are any good. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but it's, it, it's not impossible that the best player on that team was Grayson Allen. But, uh, let me rephrase. It's not impossible that the player with the best NBA career is Grayson Allen. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, Grayson, I mean, I don't know, what did he average six points a game that year? Four. Four. So, Grayson, you know, if we're making a list of the best five minutes ever played by a freshman, Grayson Grayson might win the award. He'd certainly be in the top tier. That stretch of the tournament, he came in, and he saved us. One, turned that game around. Yeah. So, like, I I love Grayson that year, too. Right. And he was super talented, but he just didn't get enough play you know like this whole thing is just it's hard like a silly trivial intellectual exercise but sure i I guess one thing to consider you're singing the praises of tyce jones and i love tyce jones he was ridiculous but what if we didn't have tyce jones and quinn cook was on the ball and we had rashid suleiman grayson playing playing the two rashid suleiman like rashid suleiman was ridiculously good he's off the team and I mean, I can't believe you're still talking about Rashid Sulaiman. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is, <laughs> he's a good freshman. I, I don't know if that team would not have been just as good. Yeah, I think it's unlikely. Um, yeah, I think that team, that team was really good. They played really well together. I, I give everybody bonus points for the team play, sure, the two-way play for the the clutch play. They they all they all get elevated like. They all just get elevated. So, <clears throat> was Tyus Jones as dominant a college basketball player as Jabari Parker in a one-game regular season, meaningless game? No. Was Tyus Jones the better college basketball? Did he have the better college basketball season than Jabari Parker? My answer is yes. Mine's your answer is clearly abs- no. Absolutely you not. You got Jabari in your top two, right? So you have Jabari second. Yes, and your number one, Marvin is Marvin Bagley, Bagley. the third. And I think it's and just, I'm not the you biggest, just value different things. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Marvin. Okay, um, the other guy. So yeah, that you know, we're, that's that's the top half. Okay, uh, and then I think it's interesting to see who who was picked. So I too, I have Marvin Bagley and Jabari Parker on my list. Uh, your top list or your middle mid tier? My my net, they're they're still in my top fifteen. Like who makes the top fifteen? Okay. I, both those guys clearly make it because their numbers are undeniable. They did play very well. 
obviously. Yeah, to you win know, a basketball yeah, game, you have yeah. to score points. <laughs> of course. And these guys are spotting you 20 they points didn't just, every well, game without jacking they didn't up. Just like, score. Like, they didn't just score. Yeah. They rebounded. And they did, they did lots of yeah, stuff on the right, offensive end. Right. Just it, not as much on the other end, you know. Uh, so, I guess you, you kind of ran through. I'll run through who makes mine. Um, you well, talk about the rest of the 15? Yeah, so I have six more guys in my top 15. Okay, and I think you have six more in yours. Okay. And I just told you one of them is Justice Winslow. Okay. Justice does not make your list. Justice is just off my list. Okay. All right, Justice is on my list. I also have uh, Carlos Boozer in my on my list. Boozer is number 14 for me. Okay. I got Boozer in there because while he only averaged 13 points and six boards, he just was incredibly smooth and efficient. He was good on defense. He shot over 60% from the field. And I just thought he was really good. to touch around the rim. His hands were great. He had the best hands. I've. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jaleel had great hands, but I think Boozer had the best hands of a big I've ever seen. Like, hardly... And his footwork was great. No travels, no double dribbles. He caught nearly all the balls. Um, why do you say he was a good defender? Um, just, just like your, your memory of My memory playing. of it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I... I don't know. Maybe it's the NBA uh, career sort of clouding my judgment, but I just don't recall him being that great of a defender. Lonnie Baxter ate him up. Lonnie Baxter ate him Lon- up his whole college Lon- Lonnie career. Lonnie Baxter ate up everyone he but, played. But part of the problem with Boozer on defense at, at Duke was that he didn't have any other guys inside with him. So he was like on an island a lot of the time, yeah, and it was had, an impossible situation. Yeah, his first two years. Mattia wasn't like a, wasn't. I mean, he did block some shots, and he was a great, great defensive player. But he I mean, some shots. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't like like a huge interior helped. defensive, like stalwart. Like he was a help defender. He was all over the court, so there wasn't a guy helping him rebound. I remember thinking Boozer wasn't a great rebounder, and then he goes to the NBA and he just crushes rebounds. He was a pretty good rebounder in college. I mean, the average six as a freshman. It's like, but as a freshman, yeah. But part of the reason is because he was. You know the the he guys he was K- with. He also had Casey Sanders. He had, a, up. he had to play minutes with like Matt Christensen, you know, or what are you talking about? Or, or, was what, it not? What, you, what are you talking? <laughs> Whoever he played, he played minutes with Mike Dunleavy, Jason Williams, and Shane I'm talking Battier. about the big guys with him. The power. Who was his four? Who was his four? He, he was he was back the in the four. day when they, he was the four. Who was the five? Casey Sanders. They K- played a lot of minutes I think together. Battier often played the five, but yeah, uh, Casey Sanders and. Yeah, maybe Matt Christensen, but I think Coach K went small when Boozer broke his foot or whatever. I mean, he just decided to go small. Yeah, he, he, he Sanders didn't play as much, and then he ended up getting a huge run when, when Boozer broke his foot. And yeah. anyhow, uh, that was that was the next year. Carlos Boozer was that was the next year was phenomenal, and and again, like Boozer goes back what what is it ten fifteen years? So maybe you 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 can't recall what he was like in college, but Carlos Boozer was. Ridiculous in the paint. If if he got an yeah, entry, entry, but pass we're not talking about in the paint. The other years, was like a bucket. We're talking about his freshman year, and he was yeah. he was he was really good as a. It was freshman. a good team. It wasn't a yeah. great team. They underperformed yeah. a little bit. They lost to Florida in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, but again, it was a team with a trio of freshmen plus Battier. So again, there's growing pains. I mean, he made both of our lists for a reason. So I'm not arguing with you that he was good. It, it would not have shocked me if if he was off both of our lists, though. It's just. Right there on the yeah, like he, his numbers aren't aren't overwhelming in terms of how much 
usage he got, um, which may not have been his fault. You know, probably wasn't. Yeah, I think he could have handled more load. Uh, but when I think about Elton Brand versus Carlos Boozer, that used Brand's to be the importance to to uh, that squad. To me, it's not about the importance of the squad, but I think Elton Brand was just came in better than Boozer, and they were both really polished, really good. But Elton Brand was, uh, I think, more competitive as a freshman. Um, okay. You know, but Brand doesn't make my list because of the thing. Uh, next guy on my list, uh, and again, this is sort of the last four guys. They're not particularly in order, but maybe they are. Maybe these four are now in order. Kyle Singler. Number 12 for me. Makes my list. Uh, just, again, a really great basketball player. Really good at basketball from day one. Made people around him better, but also accomplished a lot himself, like, you know, in terms of uh, creation. And on both ends of the court, was just a leader. Right from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. Very good player. Not explosive or flashy, but mm-hmm. his career numbers will shock you if you, if you look at him. Oh, you know, he's, he's one of the all-time He's like greats. a top five or top yeah. four all-time scorer at so Duke. He also averaged 13 and 6, yeah. just like Boozer. Had very similar kind of numbers. Uh, you know, more three-point range. Shot very, very well from the field. 54%. Same Single shot, 46. I see. 54 from two. 34 from three. Yeah, he... For 46. So, the yeah. The only knock on him, not necessarily on his freshman year, but his his the entirety of his career is his shooting gradually got worse over the four years, mm-hmm. and and he just had to deal with it. Yeah, Singler was very important on all of his teams, ended up winning national championship, but his freshman year, he was very, very good. Uh, the next guy on my list is J.J. Redick. Number nine for me. Okay. Crack J- the top ten. JJ, 15 a game as a freshman, 40% from, from three. Yep. 92% from the free throw line. Yeah, those uh, guys can shoot as many times as they want. <laughs> yeah, and now, you know, he certainly wasn't that great of a two-way player, especially as a freshman, but he was very competitive right from the start. I, I have him a little lower than you in my mind. He wouldn't have cracked my top ten. Because he was a bit of a one-dimensional player as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually like compared him to Austin Rivers, who I left off my list. Austin Rivers makers. Number ten. Okay. Austin I com- Rivers. I compared him to Austin Rivers, and Austin was a. I don't like that comparison. Was a less. He was just a less efficient uh, player, but but I also think JJ played within the team, and Austin tried to be the team. So because he, and maybe they needed them to a little more, like be this ball-dominant guy, but I didn't like Austin Rivers' style of play. I didn't think it made people around him better. And he, he won a UNC game single-handedly, but his season wasn't very successful. And, you know, he averaged 15. He was also sort of a one-dimensional player. Uh, they both come in. They're somewhat comparable. And by the way, you know, the 16th best guy on the list compared to the 9th best freshman year, it really is hard to right. differentiate There's not going to be very much separation, guys. and it's relatively arbitrary. Yeah, and I'm probably biased by the fact that Austin didn't play four years, and J.J. did and went down and was all one of the all-time greats. But, yeah. but like, their shooting numbers are not that dissimilar. But J.J. shot 40% from three, and Austin shot 36. You know, 37. 37. You ran it uh, up. Good, but, good for you. But Austin Rivers shot 60, <laughs> 66 from the free throw line. 
Yeah. Like his his value a lot of times came from slashing. He could he could slash and finish and kick kick out to Seth Curry, Quinn Cook, um, Andre Dawkins. Those guys. So that, yeah, those that, guys that didn't. Value. I didn't feel like they they thrived. I mean, the team balance wasn't right that year, but it, I didn't think they thrived with him. I don't think he he wound up becoming like this, the most popular guy ever to come through Duke. Uh, it would not shock me if Austin Rivers never went back to Duke. I have no idea after, if he does. After his one year there, I've never yeah. seen him in any photos or any pictures at the Coach K fantasy camps or whatever. Yeah, he is off my list. I know he's. I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's off my list. I That's feel all. like because there's such a Austin Rivers backlash. I feel like I'm defending him a little bit just because <laughs> like people are piling on. I mean, he was a pretty. He was a pretty great player. He is in my next. Yes, he, he's in my next was he five. In, was he inefficient? Yes. He wasn't. But so is Russell that, Westbrook. He wasn't that inefficient. Man, you talk about Russell Westbrook so much. Okay, I'll try not. To, I'll try to talk on, about man. him less. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about Rudy Gobert less. Uh, so I, I only have two guys left that make my top fifteen. That, have you talked about? Is there anyone left that you haven't cited? Um. Yes. Okay. You have one or two. I believe I have one left. All right, I have two, so I'll do my. I'll do one of mine. One of mine is Grant Hill. Grant he's, Hill is just off mine. Okay, Grant Hill makes my list because he was a really good defender as a freshman. He was a very efficient offensive player. He his numbers were not were not bad. He, he scored eleven points a game on a, on a championship team, one of the great all time Duke teams. He had five rebounds, two assists. He blocked, I think, I can read my handwriting. 0.8 blocks, 1.4 steals. Almost, yeah, 1.4 steals. All all around, all-court player, did a little bit of everything for that team and, you know, gave them that added athleticism that they needed to be, partly they needed. They had, he wasn't one of the top couple options on the team. No, he was not. He wasn't. But he was a winning basketball player his yeah. entire career. And as a freshman, he was a winning basketball player. And he helped them win. And, by the way, I would take him I would take him as a freshman over easily. You know, like, if this was the only factor and I was starting a team, I would take him over a lot of the guys we've been talking about. I'd take that version of him, that freshman year, over Austin Rivers, over J.J. Redick. He was much more humble. Yeah. In his approach, I, I, so and it was a different time. I, I guess, for the purposes of this exercise, yeah. I feel like there's no way you can you can suspend disbelief and try to view Grant Hill as a freshman at Duke because he's a Hall of Famer. He's done so much in the NBA. He's a two-time NCAA champion. He nearly won a third. It's it's just impossible to view that because if you probably if you watch his freshman games. It's probably a lot of games where he disappeared. I, I I actually recently watched the UNLV Duke semifinal game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was relatively quiet in that game. So on offense, but both both. I mean, I what mean, a tough in, matchup. But sure, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. So um, I understand. He it, wasn't. It's just, it's just too yeah. tough. He did average 11, 11 and five and two and one point four and zero point yeah. eight. Those are actually pretty good numbers. Yeah. They they compare well to like an Austin Rivers or JJ Redick, except for just the points per game is 
four extra for, for those guys. And what right. you get is this all-court game, this, you yeah. know, that you don't get with those guys. And I think that's that's more important, frankly. Yeah. But uh, I, I guess, yeah. yeah. The, the point I'm trying to make is I bet if, if, if you went back to his freshman year, you'd be like, ah, Grant didn't bring it today or he didn't play that great in this game. Just, just like, uh, just, just like I, all these freshmen. I didn't, I didn't, like I, didn't wa- I didn't watch. You know, honestly, I it didn't. I didn't watch every Duke game back then. You know, yeah. so I, mean, I, I only I, remember I him. You know, I only remember then. him from the tournament, and that you know, I remember that sick alley oop. You know, right. and and I, and I look at the numbers, and they bear out what I imagine is the truth that this guy could play basketball, that For he was sure. a really For good sure player, he play, yeah. that he was able to do what he did on that team, that was loaded. Yeah, it was, and he was super valuable, and they talk about it, you know. Uh, so that's that. That's my, my that's why he's on my list. Uh, I almost put Shane Battier on my list. Come on, in the same kind of logic, because Shane Battier only scored seven points a game as a freshman. Yeah, but he averaged six rebounds. Yeah, one steal, one and a half blocks, and he shot sixty percent of the field, and he played decent minutes. Yeah. So he he fulfilled a role on that team. And they didn't need scoring on that team. Right. And he wasn't maybe ready to do that. Yeah. But but like isn't that kind of more important to be the player your team needs you to be? The you know an all-court player, really good defensive player, super su- super hands, you know, super, yeah. you know. So he was he did he got a lot of offensive rebounds that year and kicked it out, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I left him off the list because I don't think his usage was high enough. Sure. Right. So there is a line where I'm not going to put the where I, uh, you know, but Grant Hill averaged double digits, so that's why he's on the list. That's why Shane Battier is not. But if I was starting a team, I mean, it would be sort of hard to pick. Like, you know, I, I could. Yeah, I don't know that it's, I'd pick. It's, the, it's a tricky exercise. Yeah, yeah, it's a tricky exercise, which, sure. which we did because all right, it's nearly impossible to just say, hey, try to only envision their freshman year and evaluated. Yeah. So who's your last guy that made it? I'll tell you mine after you tell me yours. Jonathan Shire from Glenbrook North. John Shire. Played a very important role as a freshman on a team where, what year was he? 2007? Probably like Demarcus Nelson might be the only guy who, you know, quote-unquote outranked him. Mm -hmm. Like he had to come and he had to produce. He's another guy who was... All world in high school scored twenty one points in like seventy five seconds. He shot eighty, eighty five, ninety percent from the free throw line. And you come in here and you look at his freshman year. Yeah, he shot forty percent. He was good at basketball, but he's very good. At got basketball. much better in later years. Uh, also struggled with his shot, but yeah, he's he's good at basketball. But I, I guess you and I differ on on many fronts. But like. You're 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 sort of coming up with these guys are winning players, these guys are losing players, and that just rubs me the wrong way. No, I'm not calling that. I'm really not calling. I mean, these guys are all like champions in their own right. Anyone who gets to Duke and is like a main player as a right. freshman but, is very good. But you're you're saying Battier, Grant Hill, they're winning players. They bring winning ingredients to a squad. I'm saying they make their team better. Right, you can be a right. you can be and an offensive by, by player. That you think yeah, yeah. Bagley and Jabari are making their team worse? No, no, no. They needed Jabari to score. Jabari was an was an efficient scorer that year. Jabari was really good. 
Almost, Jabari, as, almost as efficient as Marvin Bagley. I mean, I just I just downgraded yeah. them because he was a shitty defensive player, you know. But yeah. he wasn't that bad. I mean, in fairness, so, I, you somebody texted me he got five blocks in one NBA game, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, a game they lost by. They were losing by thirty-five points going into the fourth quarter. I know he had some some blocks, but this team got trounced. If you look at Marvin Bagley's plus-minus numbers, they're awful. I've looked at every single game. Is there anybody when he's on, on the, the court, Sacramento Kings with a good plus-minus? Yeah, yeah. No Who? one's as bad as him. Who? They're all bad. They don't right? have the numbers in front of me, but they're all Sacramento bad. won a game. Yeah, today. Oh, they won. Then they won two games because they won a game a few days ago. But like. Sacramento's actually played decent. I'm just Bagley's not ready to play defense in the NBA. I get it. It's okay. He's he can block some shots. Good for him, but he doesn't yeah. know how to play. The man doesn't know how to play on one end of the court. That's why he's not at my top. That's why he's not my number one. You got a guy in your number one on your list that doesn't know how to play team defense. That that's the bottom line. And you're you're talking about um, you're talking about uh, I'm talking about Shane Battier and Grant Hill who. Knew how to play defense really well, even as freshmen, you know. So, okay, this, we we bias towards towards offense. That's what we do as as fans. It's, right. it's normal. Yeah, it's okay, you know. And usually, it's like, well, how bad can someone be a defense? So it upsets you profoundly that I have Marvin Bagley as number one. No, it's just I think I think you you I seem very upset. <laughs> I'm just I think it's funny. I think it's sort of funny that that he he sort of deserves to be there. I get it, but in an, if you look at it a different way, there's no fucking way he should be there. Okay. There's just no way. Yeah, you know because he decimated. I mean, him and Deval decimated our our defensive, like our defensive ceiling last year was so low. You know that because of them, right? You know. That's how I. That's how I see it. That's my evaluation. It's a totally subjective opinion, you know. And I'm not the world expert, you know. I'm not like, I'm not Coach K. Neither but, of us are experts. Yeah, this is my opinion. So that's that's what we're given here. So we're pretty deep into this. It's been like an hour. So uh, well, let's wrap it up quick, like you know, if we can. But John Shire, I like the choice. I think it's a decent choice. I left him off my list. I put in Corey Maggette. Which is sort of going against my type a little because Corey Maggette I love Corey may or may not have been responsible for some discord on the team, that 99 team. But that was an all-time great Duke team. He was not one of the top four or five options. Maybe it was the fourth. When he was on the court, though. He did not start. He didn't start. He just only a, started a few games. He started one or two games. He yeah. started the UNC game when Trajan Lang was out. He scored 20 on the road in Carolina and then won the game by more than 10 points. I know that Which because very they, important for you. very important to me. They won the game by like twenty. I, I bet I bet heavily on that. Game. It's the biggest bet I ever made in my very life. Very important for your. And it was my last. Trajectory. It was my last sports bet for a long time. And uh, but when I look back at his numbers, it verifies what I thought at the time. Corey Maggette was incredible that year. He he averaged ten and four, four rebounds in seventeen minutes yeah. a game. That was the. The key number for me was, man, this guy did this in 17 minutes. Why was he not playing 28 so, minutes a I game? Mean, it's unbelievable. Like, it's okay. unbelievable. Like, Why coach. was Trajan Langdon even starting? Even though Langdon is, right, a, is an all-timer. He, he would have gone in for yeah. uh, Chris Carroll. Well. Sure. Probably 10 was, and 4, sick athlete on defense, defense as well. No, he was a... He was a Chris Carroll was now, a great defender. Uh, like, phenomenal. Arguably, Corey Maggette, all he could do was score 
highly efficiently, great free throw shooter, got fouled a lot. And for all I know, that was a one he was a one dimensional player. He never played enough for me to really remember you know how good he was just, that year. Yeah. But he was a phenomenal athlete. By the way, he built, shot built like a rock. He shot sixty one percent from the field on that ten and four. Sixty one percent as a perimeter player. Fifty three percent from the field. Am I wrong? Why do I have sixty one written down? Maybe sixty one from two, two. From two maybe? Sixty one percent from two. Okay, fifty-three. Is it that, that impressive? My bad, guys. I mean, Fifty-three. He, just, he, he was a dunking machine. Fifty-three <laughs> percent from the field on ten and four in seventeen minutes. He's one of those what ifs. Certainly one of the. So, like, if he comes if, in, if we go back in time to what was it, ninety-eight, ninety-nine? Literally, any time Duke was on ESPN, Dick Vitale would say, "If Corey Maggette stays for four years, he's going to be the best player Duke has ever seen." Like, that was his label. I mean, a few years later, he was averaging 20 points a game in the NBA. Yeah. You know, it didn't take long. But I would argue that if you put him on that Austin Rivers team, you're, like, so much better off. He's such a better version of that, like, ball-dominant right. guy. Like, you know, so can, we transport him in time. That. So, so that's why that. he makes my list, just because he was phenomenal in the limited action he had. Yeah. Know? So, and, and we could do that with yeah. a lot of these guys if you transport them to any of our teams from the last five years, which are very freshman dominant. Freshmen come in and they're yeah. expected to lead the team. They can just step right in. Whereas when they played, it was you had to wait your turn. You had to, you know. And it cuts both ways. Like yeah. obviously, some of these guys would be better off not having to take on such a large role. Right. You know, they weren't ready for it. It wasn't you know fair to judge them based on it. Um, so that's the list. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, that was somewhat interesting because we talked about it forever. Uh, you know, if you like to hear us argue, then that was good. Uh, I wanted to put Trajan Langdon on my list. I wanted to put Shane Batty on my list. I liked Langdon, uh, you know, but ultimately his team just lost a lot of games and he only scored 11 points a game. He shot 42% from three. Uh, and I I'd like to have him on any of my teams. You're talking Langdon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Langdon yeah, was a, but another guy. He was a tough leave off, but had to leave him off. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out when I looked back at freshmen before the era we're talking about. Uh, I came up with Gene Banks, who as a freshman averaged 17, eight rebounds, three assists, shot 52 percent from the field. Mike Jaminski. Was an all-time great freshman, averaged 15 and 11, shot a super high percentage, but also blocked a lot of shots. He's the all-time shot block leader at Duke, maybe Sheldon Williams. Sheldon Williams. Sheldon Williams passed him. They played more games under Sheldon Williams. Yes. Jim Spinarkle was great as a freshman. Jim Spinarkle, you'd still call in the games in the tournament. 13, 4, and 3, all-court player, 55% from the field. And then before that era... Guys couldn't play as freshmen, you know, back in right. the 60s and 50s, uh, or maybe even the early 70s. I'm not sure when it when it switched over, but as a yeah, sophomore... Because Kareem couldn't, Lou Elsinger coun't. Just the two shout-outs to two all-time greats. Dick Jeff, Rote. Not Dick Grote. Jeff, Dick Grote wasn't that good as a sophomore, but was great as a junior and senior. Averaged 25-plus a game junior and senior year, but not that great as a sophomore. But Art Heyman averaged 25 and 11... As a first-year player, sophomore, Jeff Mullins averaged 21 and 10. Both wound up being good NBA players and all-time greats at Duke. 
You so, really deep dove on that one. There you go. Art Heyman and Jeff Mullins. Like, I'm bowing down to Art Heyman. His numbers are redonkulous. Different game. <laughs> I bet if you watch YouTube clips, you would not be impressed. Art Heyman would fuck you up, man. He Mike. was... He was. A... You probably think George Mikan was a great player. <laughs> George Mikan played a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, but you asked us to do this... We were going to do that as a precursor yes. to sort of let, evaluate so the incoming squad. Yes. So if you guys are still listening. <laughs> we played Virginia Union yeah. yesterday. Uh, what did you think of the game? I mean, tough. I mean, it's, just, it's tough, it's tough, it's yeah. tough to evaluate just because it's a Division two school that was barely over 500 last year. It's not, it's not break down yeah, the game, the, the opponent they that much. zone defense all the time. But from, I mean, the, the, the squad is ridiculous. It looks crazy. It's ridiculous, but don't we always look ridiculous preseason? Against these guys. Against yeah, yeah, these yeah. types of uh, opponents. But well, R.J. We R- R- Barrett looked fantastic from deep, which was a little bit of a question mark. Uh, Cam Reddish, also really, like both Coach K and John Shire say Cam Reddish is our best three-point shooter, so we'll look out for that. But he was also a really good passer. Zion, Wol- Zion also mm-hmm. very good passer, ball mover, facilitator, and then he just does a lot of, Heady, he, he makes a lot of heady basketball player plays, and he still gets me out of my chair multiple times every game. It's 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 crazy. It's insane how good these guys look, even against whatever whatever we think of these opponents, Canadians and D two. Like Zion looks like he's got his ceiling is like all time NBA great. Uh, that's a ceiling. Excuse me? His ceiling. His ceiling. Is as an all-time NBA great. All-time NBA great. That's a ceiling. <laughs> RJ Barrett looks like his floor is like very, very, very good NBA player. Uh, Cam Reddish looks good. Cam, Cam Trey looks Jones is, seems like a very good fit for this roster. Yeah. Um, Jack White looked good. Alex O'Connell Jack, looked good. Alex O'Connell looked good. We were worried. You were worried about three point shooting in this team. A bunch of guys making threes, multiple threes. All those guys we just named made multiple threes except for Zion. But uh, Zion made multiple threes in Canada. Uh, Got lucky. You know, Zion, what did he shoot? 12 of 15, 12 of 14 for 29 uh, points. Oh, in this past game? Yeah. yeah it was yeah, something, yeah, it was yeah, something yeah. Uh, crazy. Crazy. So, Javin looked pretty good as a defender. The. the Marquise, eh. he's still like tr- starting. He's still traveling. He's still uh, he's he's flopping and not getting the charge call. Um, let's let's just spare everybody hearing us talk about Mar- Marquise. I mean, yeah. but he started. Coach K said one month ago he's going to be the best big man, one of the best big men in the country. I don't think Marquise should play. Probably, yeah. He, he just slows us down. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, against these opponents, three for three, not bad, not terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he hit six points and six rebounds in twenty minutes, but uh, I'm sure we're gonna be fine because it just doesn't matter because these guys are so good. It's crazy. Zion, I'm sorry, he's eleven of thirteen for twenty nine. RJ Barrett just Ali dunks out the wazoo. It was it was just a very so Marquise is going to be like yeah. the big man for Golden State Warriors, just completely interchangeable year after year because they're surrounded by four guys who can all do incredible things. 
I don't think he's going to do as well as that, but we'll see. I hope he, I hope he does. Uh, the real question to, to, to sort of commit to in light of our discussion and the theme of the episode, because we'll have plenty of time to break down actual games. And by the way, we're going to the Kentucky game, right? Still I going? I my flight. Yeah, I booked my flight. We're going to go. That's the game one. Then we'll know if it's real, how real it is, right? Kentucky's, it's obviously... Kentucky's better than us. They think they're better than us? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they are. They're ranked higher than us. Yeah. I don't think... Got more anyone, experience, obviously. I just have a hard time believing anyone is better at basketball than the guys on our team, even though they're young. And I, I'm, I bought it, hook, line, and sinker, right? Like, I've fallen for it again, Yeah. but I think this time... It's it's a good one. Uh, it's a there's a really something big on the line. Uh, so where where do you think these guys might be able to fit or rank on your list? I'm gonna ask you one by one, okay? So Joey Baker, come on, not gonna be on the list, right? Obviously. But I, I feel like Joey Baker is gonna be a good basketball player. Hopefully he sticks around all four years. Yeah. And it, there still seems to be. You know, like, I pay extra close attention when a quote-unquote insider is the announcer on these games. The guy who was announcing this game was Chris Spatola, mm-hmm. uh, Coach K's uh, son, son-in-law. And last year, like, Jason Capel, maybe these guys will drop nuggets of inside information that, you know, because they're so close to the program. He still said they're thinking about it, you know? They're thinking about Retro. Maybe, like... Yeah. So that's still a possibility. I mean, his skill set probably isn't completely necessary on this team, given these other guys. If Jack White's going to step up and Alex O'Connell demands a lot of time, and Goldwire's capable, right? If they think he is, then, yeah. then there's not going to be a lot of time for Joey Baker. But if somebody goes down with an injury in the next couple yeah. weeks, I think he'd be why pretty, not, pretty why serviceable. Not, yeah, why commit to it? Why, right. not, why not leave that option open? Uh, all right, Trey Jones. Trey. What are your thoughts on, on Trey Jones? Trey Jones will not make my list. Based, We're making predictions. Based on yeah. my primitive, unsophisticated analysis of it's not gonna be value up. to a team. I mean, he's not going to score over 10 points. Um, there's just too many other phenomenal players on this squad for him to be truly great. He dropped, nine, he dropped nine dimes yeah. and potentially has, has the chance to be, you know, really achieve on defense yeah, and as a yeah. floor general yeah. and you know I'm not going to say none of, I'm not going to say any of these guys can't make my list I won't say that but I will predict that he will not <laughs> make my list he won't make my list yeah, but he's, was, he's probably the most important player on the, on the team he's that's like the biggest that's the biggest around a lot. Yeah, he's the biggest unknown factor I mean the guy we can least afford to lose to injury I, I guess Seriously. I guess I'm not I'm not 100% sure that's true I I you know, if I had you drop Jordan Goldberg, I can just step right on if, in. And if I had to pluck one guy off his team, and I had to like say who it's not going to be, or if I have to choose between him and uh, you know RJ Barrett, see a Trey Jones. <laughs> RJ Barrett is way better, and by the way, can handle point guard duties if we needed them to. He can be the he can be the guy with the ball in his hands making okay. decisions. Okay. He did it in Canada. He looked fantastic. He just scored like sixty thousand points a game. You know, and yeah, but Trey Jones, we, we could use a guy who's going to pass the ball Co- well. Coach K raved about Trey's yeah. defense. Um, yeah. There was a in an interview, somebody asked Coach K, you know, contrast him or whatever, and he he said Tyus was a better shooter for sure, and he was looking to score at this stage in his career. Trey's a, a little bit gun shy shooting wise, but def- defense wise. 
He said Ty has played zone defense in high school. Trey played man-to-man, so he's much he's better on-the-ball de- defender. He said in the 2015 squad that Quinn Cook was always placed on the on the ball. He's supposedly a, like a better athlete, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, he shot two of three from three yesterday. I don't know that he's not going to average 10 points a game, but whether he does or he doesn't, if he is an incredible ball handler, has yeah. a great assist-to-turnover ratio, and plays great perimeter defense for us against big opponents, then he has a shot to, to be on my list. Yeah. But, you know, just because he's not the, one of the best couple players on the team, I don't, I don't think that's, to me, it's not important to you. It is, this list. But, right. uh, and, and, and you know, I guess going back and looking at all these guys over 25 years, it's really, really hard to score double digits as yeah. a freshman. It's just, it's really hard. I think the guy that he can be is, is like a Chris Duhon. If he could be like a Chris Duhon as a freshman, and Duhon, never, never talked about Chris Duhon. Duhon's a guy I looked at, yeah. and he was really useful on that team. He had yeah. like a really good assist to turnover. He had played very good defense, stole a lot of balls, took over point guard duties. Actually, shot decent from three, which was yeah. his best I think shooting year. But um, ultimately, his role wasn't big enough for him to make my list. But he was on my next sort of cut after the ones I mentioned. But uh, but I can see that. You know, if he can. Sort Coach of do, seems to rave about yeah. his defense. If he could do what Duhon did well, then we'll be we'll be ready. And he's got a big role to play on this team, obviously. The three guys are Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, and Zion Williamson. Right. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk super intelligently about any of their games in a lot of detail, only having seen them play these exhibition games and some highlight reels on YouTube. But uh, I am willing to say that uh, Zion and Cam... Have the have a serious potential to go number one and number two on this list you, you that mean, I just you made. Mean Zion and RJ. I'm sorry, Zion and RJ. Right. I, I don't know how good Cam can be. I think Cam could. I think three guys. These three guys could be in the top five or ten very easily, and I'd be surprised if RJ isn't number one or number two on my list after this season. And I'd be surprised if Zion isn't in the top five. What is your top five again? Did you have I didn't over actually the last hour? Did you rank them? Like, who's number one for you? I didn't delineate it. Uh, Should be that hard. I didn't delineate it at the time, but uh, my top five. If I'm looking at it. Ends up being uh, Brandon Ingram. In that order, not in that order. Uh, we didn't talk about Luol Deng. Luol Deng was freaking great. Sorry, Luol, we left you off the discussion. You made both of our top sevens, and you were fantastic all around the court on defense and offense. Superb player as a, as a, his only year yeah. at Duke, uh, championship kind of a player. Yep. Fits my definition, fits your definition. Uh, Luol is in my top five. Uh, Jason Tatum's in my top five. Brandon Ingram's in my top five. Jason Williams is in my top five, and I got to give it to Okafor. He's in my that, top five. So that's your top five. That's my top five. I, I didn't. I, I don't Do you have a number right. one, number two? Uh, I I just I don't. I'd have to think about it a little more because I, I didn't really think about it that way. But um, it, it's probably not Tatum. Tatum's probably four or five on that list. It's probably not Jason Williams. So, eh, it's maybe a, it is. It's a great sweat. Yeah, you're uh, you're eliminating people. Eh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, what's, what's interesting is that there isn't a clear-cut one for me. 
Yeah, because they're, historically freshmen have not been their their freshman seasons have been relatively forgettable. Uh for the well, most part. You know, Luol Deng came up short, wasn't quite as dominant like as he could have been. Jason Tatum was pretty great, but again, came up short in a lot of ways, you know. How did Luol Deng come up short? He didn't beat UConn in the Final Four? Is, is that the, the last little thing? Luol Deng was great. Luol Deng was great. He was great. He was really great. I, I have no problems with him I at all. I feel really bad for his last few years in the NBA. You know, if Okafor had played a better championship game against Wisconsin, I'd feel comfortable saying he was number one. But, I, I mean, come on. but my opinion of him is sort of colored by his NBA, NBA. career. <laughs> and, like, looking back, I wonder, like, was he pretty bad on defense at Duke? And I just it's terrible. Yeah, so you know, I've been talking about defense all podcast. So I feel uncomfortable putting him at the top of the list. You know, uh, I guess if I had to pick one guy to play, like just we're gonna do a pickup game, and which guy, or we're gonna have an organized team, and which of these guys? They're freshmen at Duke. They're freshmen. They're at playing Duke. the blue white game right now. Yeah. Um, You know what? Maybe maybe it's Dang. Maybe it's Jason Williams or it's Dang. Those are my two guys. Jason Williams was high high variance his freshman year, but okay, let's, he was. Let's, yeah, he, let's, let's, early let's, in the early, yeah. like I remember early in the season, he blew a game, yeah. an important game. He did a lot of knuckleheady. He, he, he did type some, of things too many turnovers, but like by the end of the season, he was fantastic. He probably he, was. He the, showed a lot of flashes that yeah, freshman year, he, and then he put it together in, sophomore and junior year in the ACC. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. In the ACC tournament, he was great, and he probably it was probably the best stretch of play by a freshman we've ever seen. I, you know, considering what he helped, he helped Batty and Carwell. I, what I talked about I, earlier, I, I, you yeah. might be misremembering. Yeah, I don't. That stretch is probably a sophomore year against USC and UCLA. Maybe yeah, because the freshman year we. I don't know. It's too hard. It's just yeah, too hard okay. to remember yeah, who's the best. Let's just go I, back. I got like flaws with each of them, but. I don't remember Dang ever doing anything wrong, but I'm sure that's wrong too. I mean, he missed a lot of long twos. Yeah. Jason Tatum style. Yeah, he wasn't as efficient. All right, um, so, okay, for me, R.J. Barrett, he, here's my nightmare scenario with R.J. Yeah. Barrett is he turns into Austin Rivers. Oh, there's just no chance. There's no chance. There's, this guy is no so chance. much better. He's Austin just, Rivers couldn't, I don't think Austin Rivers could carry this guy's jock strap as the compare the two. Austin Rivers was like schwerpy. He was like skinny. He he was not a physical force. RJ Barrett is a dominant physical force. I mean maybe I'm you know he's I'm looking at him playing these <laughs> exhibition games, but I'm gonna be shocked if RJ Barrett isn't in my top couple. And I I expect one of these guys to be number one on my list. Next year, if we ever talk, we're not going to do the whole list again. I hope we never talk. We, about we never this will. We never will. Again. We never will talk about this again, except to place them where they belong. Yeah, we could rank and one and dones. That'd be a better exercise. Well, that's what this is, sort of. No, because a lot of these guys aren't one and dones, and I think it's unfairly comparing people. Yeah. Anyway, so I think RJ is probably going to have a fantastic year. My concern is that his numbers will be good, but it'll be inefficient, and it'll come at a It'll be detrimental to the squad. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance of that. I really don't. Based on what? Based on his like 
It's on the two games you've seen? He just dunks 80% of the balls or he six, <coughs> you know, he gets a, he frees himself for, for easy, easy shots. The, the only scenario where he ends up not being, you know, really being like less good than I think he's going to be is if, you know, he just shoots a very low percentage from three all season or most of the season. Okay. I could see that happening. Um, same with Cam. He could shoot. Like These guys could just not shoot well. But even if they don't, I think they're just going to get a lot of like easy twos. Yeah, they're going to get a lot of easy twos. I think there are going to be a ton of easy it's, twos, and I think there are going to be a ton of easy threes or wide-open threes. I think, I think these guys are going to be the best group of freshmen we've ever had. And we've had some great groups of freshmen. and Well, we had the number one, the number two, and the number three freshmen, so they're probably going to be pretty good. And then the fourth guy is the number one point guard, so they're, they're, it should be... Should be competitive. I think these guys are, are, are com- I think they're competitive. I think they love playing basketball. I think it's apparent when you watch them. And I hope I hope it translates to the regular season. And I hope we're not like looking foolish at the end of the season. Like I can't believe we were talking about these guys like obviously being the best freshmen to come through when This is this is what the kids love. We think that every year. Kids love winning and kids love getting theirs. So there's a little wrinkle to that. I mean, if, if like Marquise, I, I mean, how how happy could he be? You know, so like if Cam Reddish is only getting like Dude, six or seven. Who cares about Marquise? Okay, you're you missing my point. I don't actually care about Marquise. Yeah. I'm making a point that gonna... some of these kids might not be happy with winning. Like, let's say Cam Reddish only gets six or seven shots a game, he might start pouting. He might like. All that stuff could happen. We've seen it. Yeah, happen. Well, we don't know these guys we've, that we've well. We've seen it happen. Um, Two years ago, remember Jason Tatum, Luke Kennard, Harry Giles, Frank Jackson. Remember, there was like a four-game lose, losing uh, streak where it, it looked like the rails were just coming off. You know, Coach K was sick, Capel was coaching them. Anything can happen, but those guys were pretty good basketball players. Luke Kennard yeah. was like a really good player at Duke. He was super effective that year. I, yeah. You're right when you said that out loud. I was like, oh my god, you're right. Yeah, he was. He never missed a shot his sophomore year. But that's why he had to go to the NBA draft, and he's not doing much anymore in the NBA. Right now, he's not accomplishing much, but I just think the talent level. There's great players and there's great players. Right. Like these guys. Like we're talking about Kyle Singler as being one of the all-time greats at Duke and being really good at basketball. And you know, as good as he was, he would be the fifth guy here. Yeah, he would. He'd be, he'd, he'd be a factor. He'd be really good, but he. I don't think he's as good as like Zion and RJ look. They just look transcendent so far. <laughs> so far. Zion seems transcendent, yes. Um, but yeah, I guess my point is these guys will all be happy if they're, if, we're, if they're winning. And I feel like they still need to... I think we got... They still need to score. They still need to get the ball. And there are only a certain number of shots, so that could lead to discontent. It could lead to unhappiness. It could lead to... Rumbling. I mean, it happens on every basketball team. It happens on every single college basketball team. I think team. Trey Jones knows his role. And I think that Cam and Zion and RJ probably have an understanding between the three that they're all headed somewhere. The only way it's a problem is if one of them is, like, really disappointing. You know, like, Cam is in such a shooting slump or RJ is in such a shooting slump that they can't do anything about it. And they're like their stocks dropping in the in the draft yeah. guides and and stuff. But 
But like what I like about this team, what I can picture is that Jordan Goldwire, Alex O'Connell, Jack White, Javin, these guys have no expectations in terms of being stars. They want to be role players. I believe they want to be role players. I'm sure they'd love to be stars, and maybe eventually they get there. But yeah. but for now, I think they're they understand that they're playing with space aliens that are headed to the NBA, you know, for potential Hall of Fame careers. And and then next year they're going to play with some more aliens. Who are going to be well, towards. there's only one guy committed next year, and yeah, I'm a little bit. They're going to get yeah, they're going to get older, and you know. So I actually think this season. The team has is set up to be balanced in the right way. The only guy that doesn't fit that I don't understand what his role should be is Bolden, and um, you know, frankly, he's unimportant enough to the team that you know I, I think it's okay. And I I hope he succeeds, right? I hope he finds a role. You're and he's just, you're so cold. <laughs> I mean, I just expect him to be better with him off the court. And if yeah. I'm wrong, great. I hope they're better with him on the court, yeah. you know. But the way basketball's played these days, well, yeah, and you, know. you saw that in the game against uh, what was it Mount Union, um, Virginia Union, Virginia. Yeah, uh, we had four guys outside the three point line. Who did we play? The Confederate. We played the Con- Confederate Union. Is that who we played in the game? I mean, what, what, what did you see with Bolden? Uh, it wasn't so much about Bolden, but just how we're running the offense. We have four guys beyond the three point line. And one guy in the paint. So modern, modern game. Yeah, that's. Well, I think that's how we should play. Hopefully, it's just going to be threes and layups, or attacking the basket, easy, easy twos. Threes and layups, threes and dunks, threes and alley hoop dunks. Yeah, that would be great. How many alley hoop dunks do you think we're going to have this season? Let's say we play forty-three games. Oh, we can't play forty-three games. We're going to play thirty-eight games. Let's say. How many alley oop dunks? Let's be optimistic and say forty. What's 40, the over under? Forty would mean we're in the title game. Okay, forty games. What's the over under on alley oop dunks? Eighty. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. Can you take the over on Zion dunks versus Bagley dunks? I, I wish I had the stat. Do you know how many dunks Bagley had? Bagley had the most ever. It in seemed, season. I don't. I don't know what the number is. What? A, yeah, he was a great dunker. I, I, he, I think like twenty percent of his field goals made were were dunks or something like that. So maybe like a hundred, maybe eighty. Yeah, it's got to be over. Zion's gonna be right there, and you know, each of his dunks is going is going to be uh, like a very special thing. He, you know, he really, it's incredible. Have you visualized? There are specific numbers. I, I don't have numbers in mind. I think I think those three guys are gonna gonna put up big point totals, especially Barrett and Zion. Yeah, I, I think RJ. I'm feeling like 17 or 18 a game. Zion, it, more. There's so many good players on this team. How could you? RJ's gonna break that Marvin Bagley, 21 points a game. You will regret saying that. Will I? Yeah. I'll regret it. Yes, you're what very, does that mean? you're very foolish. <laughs> no, I don't. I can't. I can't see him scoring more than twenty-one on this particular squad due to the composition. I don't think they're that deep with scorers. I mean, I think those three guys are going to put up a lot of points, and nobody else is going to put up that many points. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope O'Connell does, but you know, there's a bunch of role-playing shooters. Trey Jones is going to score some points, but. Uh, 
this team is going to score a lot. They're going to play fast-paced basketball. Okay. And they're going to... So they're you, gonna, you think RJ over 20 points a game? Yeah. Do you also think Zion over 20 points a game? Uh, I think it's certainly very possible that they both score over 20. Yeah. Look, was Cam also going to score over 20? I don't think Cam is, but I don't know. You know, okay. like I, for all I know... Yeah. Yeah. And Ty uh, is probably 8 or 9. I would say 8 or 9 for... For Trey, uh, I put I put 12, I put RJ 12, 12, I put RJ at like twenty three twenty four game. Are you joking or no? I'm not joking. RJ is a force. I'm gonna play this podcast back to you. <laughs> I'm gonna put Zion. I'm gonna put Zion at about twenty a game. It also wouldn't shock me if Zion's scoring average is is actually not that high. I'm gonna put Zion between you know somewhere near twenty. I would I would say mid. Mid to maybe high teens. I'll say Cam, something like 15, 16 a game. I think that's high. He's not assertive. doesn't seem like he's assertive enough. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, we'll see. We have no idea. I mean, picking out numbers, it's just sort of random. But uh, Pick, How about picking out wins? Wins for the team. Uh, I don't think this game is, this team is losing more than three games this year. I unless thought, there's I a, thought you were going to say one or two. Unless there's a significant injury. Unless there's a significant injury. I you said there's going to be one or two. Yeah. But, uh, I don't think you, don't, you don't see it losing more than three games? I don't think we're losing a lot of games this year. I mean, I understand there's a, there's a very decent yeah. likelihood they'll lose four, five, six games because that's usually what happens, yeah. even with very talented teams. Yeah. And we've had freshman Latin teams that have lost eight, nine. I don't know how many we lose last year. Basically all. Yeah, all those teams. Yeah, so I think it was twenty nine and eight. Uh, this this team, I think, is is special. Okay. Yeah, I think this team is is really special, and I think these guys are so talented. I mean, I think both Zion and RJ are going to make the NBA Hall of Fame. I'm going to call it right now. <laughs> NBA Hall of Famers. Boom. You just continue to say foolish things. Should we take a bet on? Uh, you take Bagley. I'll tell you what. Why do I have to take Bagley? I'll tell you what, you take, you take. I just said uh, it's foolish that you think that they're both going to be in the NBA Hall of Fame. I'll take those two guys. Yeah. You take your pick. Russell Westbrook. No. You know what? I'll take those two guys. You take every other Duke player through this season, not including these this year's recruits. So you can't have Cam Reddish. Can I have? You can't have. Can I have Grant Hill? No, no, no. You can only have, have guys active in the NBA. Okay. Okay? So, you have Jason Tatum. Right. You have Brandon Ingram. Plus, you have all the other dudes. Everyone else. Luke Kennard, whatever. Everyone else, right, in the NBA. Okay? And I take Zion and RJ only. Hall of Fame bet. Who has more Hall of Famers? You just can't have Cam Reddish, that's all. Yeah, I don't like the bet. You like my side? No, I just think it's really hard to get into the Hall of Fame. It is. I mean, you have to be lucky. To Lucky? You have to be lucky to not get hurt. Lucky to predict who's going to be in the Hall of Fame? Oh, lucky to not get hurt. Yeah, I mean, to go to a good organization. Not screw up. Not do anything stupid. Uh, I mean, you know, pretty much no matter what, you know... If you, avoiding major injury, if you're as good as like a, you know, Akeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, or you know, it's really the fringe guys like, 
maybe Chauncey Billups has to be on the right team to make to become a Hall of Famer. He's not in the Hall of Fame, right? Chauncey? Yeah. Uh, I think Chauncey has a very good shot to get there. I think he does. I, but I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, you know. But uh, no, I'm just I'm I'm trying to state the strength of my belief in these okay. guys. Yeah, you, you, you know, mission these accomplished. Two guys are on the level of Kyrie Irving. Transcendent, ridiculously phenomenal basketball players. I forgot about Kyrie Irving when I said that bet out loud. You yeah. should have taken the bet. <laughs> I still wouldn't have taken it. Yeah, I mean Kyrie is the. Kyrie and Kyrie and Tatum. Yeah, Kyrie uh, plus the guys. Who, Kyrie I mean, plus who? I don't versus these two guys. Well, Kyrie, Jason Tatum, and Brandon Ingram. Those are your three. Those are the only three guys with any potential, right? Is there someone I'm missing? Yeah, but that scenario is not. I just, it doesn't matter. What? What? Well, what do you think Kyrie's chances are? Pretty good, right? Yeah, pretty good. And Jason Tatum, decent. Too early, way too early but, for everyone. Yeah. Including and most importantly for RG Barrett and Ryan Williamson. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I mean, your views on them could probably turn very quickly. <laughs> Three games in, I'm gonna be hating on him for not playing defense. Uh but we'll see. All right. Well thanks everybody for listening. I, I guess that wraps it up. Did you have anything? I mean it's been an hour and a half we've been talking about this. We're gonna do anything before the Kentucky game or no? Uh yeah. I think we should we should talk again next week. Hopefully uh, Coach K will announce captains. My guess, Jack White, Javin Delorier, and Trey Jones. Oh, my guess, R.J. Barrett is a captain. Like, I think R.J. is going to be a captain. Bet. <laughs> Bet. You got it. Um, yeah. Duke had its media day, just real quickly. 20 minutes of question and answers. Through the first 15 minutes, there were like a dozen Zion questions. And on minute 16, the very first question on R.J. Barrett. And I'm just like, What? I mean, this guy's going to be the first overall pick. He's going to be hands down probably the best player on the team. And he's not even mentioned. I mean, it's just a Zion love fest. Well, I saw there. People love Zion Williamson. They just think he's just this big, lovable guy. You know, it's not that. He was overweight. You know, no, no, it's not. It's not that he's lovable. And he just it's does that amazing things on the basketball court. Yeah, I get he's it. He's absolutely electric. He's absolutely electric. I mean, I, they showed what block. You know, they showed a block on at, right, which on, on when Sports I saw Center, it, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, but you didn't just, see the after effects of it. I know the the other guy made the shot, but right. Shane Battier would not have done that. Just he he is exciting. Athleticism is yeah. Coach K called him the best athlete he's ever coached. Yeah, and I don't think it's close. It's not even close. Okay, probably not. I mean, all right, okay, he, but yeah, it's still he's to have the, the number one freak overall ever. recruit. On the team, and no one asks any questions about him for nearly the entirety of the media session. <laughs> no, it's is, funny. Is, is telling, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then also, Coach K was having fun with Bobby Kremen. You remember Bobby Kremen, Georgia Tech head coach? Bobby Kremens? Bobby Kremens, yes. Uh, always got the stud point guards out of New York City, Stefan Marbury, Kenny Anderson. Yeah. And he, in jest, Coach K was trying to wake up Bobby Kremens because he's like, what, 90? He's like, Coach Kremens, please wake up. And he's pointing at Jack White, who's one of the two guys at the table with him. He's like, I'm envisioning that this gentleman on my left is going to be like Matt Harpering. Jack White. 
Yeah. I love that comparison. So, so, I love that comparison. So in seeing that Coach K, I mean, I know it was sort of in jazz, but Coach K is like, I mean, my vision for this guy is really, because if you guys probably have no idea who Matt Harpering was, but he was our year, I think. He played from 94 to 98. It was like a really, really good six 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 seven, like a small forward. Yeah, he was probably 6'5", but he played big. Good shooter. Strong. Strong, sturdy, did a lot of intangibles, but he was a really, really good basketball player. And I'm like, wow, Coach K is one, going to make Jack White captain, but two, he, yeah. he really has a vision for him to like really get better and better and better. The more Jack White plays, the means the better he's doing. And like we need all the things he brings to the table, all those intangibles. Yeah. We, he's, he's the trash man. you know. He's doing all the dirty work. And he's, a he's trash become man slash captain. Well, yeah, and he's he's you know potentially going to shoot a high percentage from three. That's the most important Hopefully. thing. As long as he gets comfortable, those, if, he, with, if he can just shoot well from three, decently well, and do all these other things and rebound, you know, play defense, physical defense, that'd be great. You know, yeah, uh, you know, maybe he can be the hatchet man too. But Matt Harper. Ended up having a very good NBA career. He's a really good basketball player. Yeah, he ended up, and he came, no one thought he was going to be that after his, even after his freshman year. He was decent, but. Because he was white. Uh, it was just because his talent was non obvious. I mean, you know, he, he ended up having a, a, a real solid, decent NBA career. I mean, I'm looking him up real quick. He played for 10 seasons. Yeah. And uh, he averaged 17 points a game for the Utah Jazz. And he played a year in Philly. Uh, so That was his NBA career average? Career average is 11 points a game over 10 okay. years. But he had his best year, he had 17 points a game and okay. shot 51% from the field. So, huzzah, Matt Harpering ended up being, he shot well from NBA 3 that one season. <laughs> he had a couple good years, you know. He shot, averaged double digits for like seven years. So, pretty good. Jack White makes the league. That would be pretty surprising, but hey. Yeah, I don't think you Jack White's going to make it. Got to dream big. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. We uh, we apologize for uh, the length of the podcast. If anyone is out there that's still awake and listening, uh, you know our uh, our appreciation for for that. Write us at uh, dukebasketballjunkies at gmail with any thoughts on the list. If you if you write a decent enough email, if you, try not to make it more than you know. Uh, a short paragraph or two. Uh, we'll read it on the air in the next podcast. And uh, I'll read emails of any length. We'll read. Mike, Michael just forwards <laughs> Yeah, if we can and, get... and try to answer the hit on that question. What was the question you're asking? What was the question? Uh, what What were we talking about? What, what we value so, was, so long was it Bagley versus Carter, or was it uh, Gobert versus Donovan Mitchell, or? Yeah, any of any of the the big differences that we hit on. What what is the most important thing? Is it, you know, does it matter what your role was? Like, if you were putting together a team of the best five guys, actually, send us your list. Yeah, send us your this, list. Yeah, yeah, send us your list. For That's sure. your homework, guys. Uh, you know, or, you know, or don't just think about it. But I, I guess at the end of the day, if I'm putting together a team. I, I definitely know I want these guys in the top tier on my list, so that's why I leave. That's why I left Marvin Bagley and Parker off the list. Why I left Austin Rivers off the list completely. Bagley and Parker off the top tier list. Yeah. Because I want guys, other guys really want to play with and make guys around them better. And your fundamental position is you just want guys that fill up the stat sheet and just that—that's proof positive that they're they're achieving the most. 
kind of a thing. Yeah, I think you... They were given the biggest you, role you, by Coach yeah, K. You entered it yeah. with, if I'm playing a pickup game, which guys do I want? I try to evaluate a little bit more of how I viewed their freshman year on an... On an on itself, on on its own merits. Yeah, we both within the team concept, yeah. I guess, and team success. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I'm glad we don't think identically alike uh, all the time. All right, uh, cool. Well, let's see uh, see what happens uh, by next week, and uh, you know, see if we get any feedback, and see if we trounce another uh, team of uh, this Tory. Saturday, I think. Who, yeah, who would play? Know, play somebody. I'm sure, sure they're going to be out. All I'm thinking about is that Kentucky game, and uh, I can't wait for it. So, All right. Thanks, Pete. Go Duke. Go Duke.